Bitcoiners, I sat down with Anita Posh and had an absolutely awesome conversation about Bitcoin adoption across the globe. Anita has been traveling the planet, going to the forefront of Bitcoin adoption and the unbanked and seeing how they are using Bitcoin and the Bitcoin technology stack in order to come online and uh, really improve their lives in a, a significant, significant degree. Anita has spent tons of time in El Salvador and has a lot of insight about what's happening there and has spent a ton of time in Africa and, you know, is planning to go back. So 2022, she's actually spinning up a massive education effort going back to Africa, going back to Latin America, and continuing to spread amazing Bitcoin information. She's even put out a book and is working hard to translate that Bitcoin education book, Learn Bitcoin and Earn Bitcoin, in as many languages as possible, targeting the most underbanked uh, nations in the languages that they use. Right now, it's in English in Spanish, and I believe in German, and uh, I think French is coming up next, and several others. So check out Anita, enjoy this interview with Anita Posh, and yeah, continue to Bitcoin across the globe. Peace. Bitcoiners, welcome back to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast, and now Bitcoin Magazine Live. So I'm going to be sitting here with Anita Posh, who is uh, a world traveler, Bitcoin educator, writer and uh and of course podcaster the host of the anita posh show uh a dual language bitcoin show anita welcome back to the bitcoin magazine podcast hi christian thank you very much for the invitation so anita you have been traveling the world and you have obviously always had a focus on bitcoin education uh, I want to hear about, you know, what is happening in your life and catch up with what's new. Uh, and I especially want to get into your book that you just released, which you can see behind you if you're watching <laughs> in video. And uh, you so graciously uh, sent to me and uh, many other Bitcoiners as well. Uh, I guess, you know, Anita, why don't you, uh, you know, catch up the viewers to what you've been up to and, uh, and tell us a little bit about Learn Bitcoin. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So in the last three weeks, I visited El Salvador. I was there at Bitcoin Week. Uh, there were two conferences, the Adopting Bitcoin Conference, uh, which was about the Lightning Network and its development, and the LaBitConf, the longest standing Latin American Bitcoin conference. They all took place in San Salvador, in the center of the capital of El Salvador, um, after each other. So the first days there was the Adopting Bitcoin conference and the last two days, uh, the LaBitConf. And what I liked very much about LaBitConf was that they, they had an open day. So the first day was open to the public. Everybody could come and ask questions about Bitcoin. And um, I was also part of a German Austrian group uh, visiting El Salvador. And the first day we were there, we saw the Lajeo, the geothermal power plant, power station in a town called Berlin, which is funny because all of the Germans were with me. <laughs> and uh, it's the first power plant where they are mining Bitcoin. And we saw the 300 mining rigs um, at the moment in one container and how they are like getting energy from inside of the volcano, which is hot water and steam. And they then take the dry steam uh, to power the turbines. And at this power station, they are producing around 100 megawatt of electricity. And one megawatt of this is used um, for Bitcoin mining. So I saw it with my very eyes. So they really do it and have started uh, Bitcoin mining, which I think is great, which uh, is a great opportunity for a small country that's so much depending on the US at the moment uh, to regain uh, some self-sovereignty in the future. So Anita, I guess before yeah. you continue, and I'm really excited to hear about the rest of your trip, but can you explain a little bit more about the, what's the connection between mining Bitcoin with a volcano and self-sovereignty uh, and like, what's that connection and, and how does Bitcoin help El Salvador and other countries with stranded energy resources um, gain sovereignty? 
Okay, I mean, the, the basic thing uh, with Bitcoin is that you regain so self-sovereignty. Uh, Bitcoin is the only money where you can have self-ownership. So you're not depending on a hierarchical uh, money that is given to you uh, by the state where a central bank that's actually not really independent, it's very political, uh, is deciding on basically the, the value of your money. And with Bitcoin, you can regain uh, self-ownership. So Bitcoin is actually money as it is meant to be, I think. It's uh, the money from the people and for the people. And um, so it's not only on an individual level giving you uh, more um, security and ownership of money. It's also giving it to countries. So even countries can become more self-sovereign and free themselves uh, from a kind of a financial hierarchy, or I also call it patriarchy, um, that is oppressing them or like um, indebting uh, many countries, like many African countries are in deep debt because they always get money landed by the US and other Western countries. But these, uh, these uh, loans, they of course have to pay back. It's the same as if you get uh, a loan from your bank, you have to pay it back with uh, interest on top. And uh, so basically what uh, many Western countries are doing with uh, poorer countries is extracting value from them yeah? because the, the people in those countries then have to work for, for earning the money and paying it back. So basically, some people in the Bitcoin uh, community also say that this is basically enslaving these people and these countries. And it's true, yeah. Uh, they are so dependent on, on also <laughs> all sorts of regulations that come with that money, you know. And so if countries which have natural resources, um, like volcanoes, yeah, uh, or um, water for for hydropower plants, a lot of sun for solar plants, or like in Iceland, um, also geothermal uh, energy. Um, it's the perfect opportunity to mine Bitcoin. So. Uh, you don't have to buy it from someone else. You have basically a natural resource that you can, on the one hand, you can hold it and uh, hold it like um, we individuals do and uh, hope and will gain a profit from that. Or you can even sell it to other countries um, for goods and services. So it's bringing self-sovereignty to nation states, which are, very often very dependent on the US, but also on China even more now at the moment. I've just uh, seen a map of countries um, comparing, I think like 20 years ago and now, uh, the influence um, of the US and China or other big uh, economies upon other countries. And you really could see the change. 20 years ago, the US was very dominant. Um, and now it's China. It's China has gained much more financial power, basically, through, through loans and investments into other countries. And it's also very uh, highly invested in Africa. And I can't remember the country, I think it was Uganda. Um, they defaulted um, recently their, their credit line uh, to China. So they had to give them basically the investment. So now China is the owner of an airport, I think. I would, I would need to look it up again, but that's uh, how I, I remember it. And yeah, so, so Bitcoin is actually the perfect tool to regain uh, sovereignty or gain sovereignty. Wow. So, I mean, I, I understand that was a very hard question to just hit you with right out the gate there, but <laughs> I do think it's good to like explain like the nuances there, but ultimately, you know, if for countries that do not have their own sovereignty, they're dependent on uh, an empire uh, or an emperor type country, um, such, such as the US, now it, it seems it's China, um, they get stuck in these like financing debt traps and these like things are like disguise as oh we're going to help them we're investing in them but it's really you know a contract that they can't uh that they can't really benefit from 
And it's ultimately the purpose of it is to give China leverage or give the U.S. leverage in that place. So what Bitcoin mining allows them to do is take resources that are there, monetize those resources, and then they have money that they own and they can utilize within their country without having to sign a contract, without having debt, without having to pay interest against it. Um, and that's just a complete and utter game changer. And it's interesting seeing that happen in El Salvador. Um, let's, let's get back to the rest of your trip. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so um, that was that visit at the geothermal power station. And um, after this week in San Salvador, I visited El Sonte, uh, the in Bitcoin circles, even famous uh, town or village of Bitcoin Beach, uh, where the all these uh, Bitcoin adoption in El Salvador started. Um, uh, as I understand it, um, two years ago, they started Bitcoin Beach. They started to build Hope House in El Sonte. And um, I was told by the owner of my hotel where I stayed, he explained uh, or told me the story that actually in March 2020, when the pandemic uh, started, there was a six-month lockdown uh, in El Salvador. So in El Sonte, which is a small village, uh, and they live from tourism basically so of course all the small shops the informal shops and hotels had to be closed down for six months and back then uh hope house and bitcoin beach began uh the the community uh education on bitcoin and also giving out a little bit of uh bitcoin uh via the bitcoin beach wallet and so the inhabitants then could buy goods and services from from in a circular uh, way from their neighbors and companies and stuff like that. And um, as far as I understand it, then yes, uh, Jack Mallers with Strike came and they started also uh, lightning uh, remittances um, with Strike. And I think this got like wind like heard the government got uh, wind of it uh, or, or uh, heard about it and as i think then they might have guessed okay yeah that's maybe maybe a good idea also for uh for the country to use bitcoin as legal tender and it was also great to see because we also visited another town um it's called sonsonate and there um is a cooperative with around 2000 members it's a part of the city uh, it's called el sosse and um, there are two guys who are educating people about bitcoin even longer than bitcoin beach which i find very fascinating and the funny thing is they called themselves bitcoin city <laughs> and um, they are doing education like workshops every uh, friday and they are educating people on how to use Bitcoin, how to install a wallet and things like that. And there are now, I think, some 30 or 40 shops that are already um, accepting Bitcoin. And uh, we were in a pupuseria and bought some pupusas for Bitcoin and also saw um, one of the workshops where um, they were discussing possibilities to build houses with Bitcoin. So one of their projects is to uh, show people um, that it's possible really to do things with Bitcoin. You know, it's not only digital money, you can also like build houses with it. And I think that's, that's a, a great thing. And um, so there are like two communities in El Salvador already uh, away from the, the capital where you have the big uh, companies like McDonald's and Starbucks, uh, which integrated lightning payments, which is great. Uh, but I much more like the fact that um, in these uh, small villages uh, on the ground, um, like in a grassroots manner, people are learning about Bitcoin. And um, I find that very interesting. And I think that's the way it should be. Um, I'm a little like, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about uh, the governmental push to use Bitcoin. Um, because I think, you know, on the one hand, it's easy for, all the, for the informal shops, like the informal businesses, they 
only have to install a wallet and then they can use Bitcoin. But the, the hotel owner, for instance, he said to me, you know, they said we have to use Bitcoin now and I'm up for it. I like it. I like the idea. I like to try, but they I don't have any possibility to get educated. I can't buy a hardware wallet in El Salvador. Uh, he said, can you please help me set something up to learn how to self-custody my Bitcoin? Because I'm also a business. I have to pay taxes of it. Yeah. And I completely understand how difficult it has to be for them because to be honest, it's even difficult for me here in, in Europe uh, to set up my business with Bitcoin and all these like um, profits and losses and how to, to put them into my accounting and things like that. So I, I wish or I hope that there will be more education for the people, more educational offer uh, for the people of El Salvador. And um, yeah, I, I, I was happy to see also that many young people are really open to Bitcoin and they also have installed other wallets than the Chivo wallet, which I think is very important. So in uh, the Bitcoin Beach wallet is very much used in El Sonte. And uh, also I saw people with the Moon wallet, um, with Breeze and other wallets. And I, I think that's, uh, that's a great um, way to go. So I've heard the criticism that, you know, the government has really not done the best job of like uh, being, being an educator and being a guide to navigating Bitcoin. It more or less just said, this is law, here's the wallet, here's your airdrop, figure it out. Um, and while I, I definitely agree that, that it's negative, at the same time, I think it's expected, like, you know, Governments or governments, like look at all the other things that governments have been doing across the planet, you know, for other issues that we don't even have to get into. But I think the behavior is pretty consistent, you know, uh, it, it's not unique uh, behavior. So I think governments are going to government. And I spoke to uh, a lot of the folks from the RSK team and that community in Latin America. And you know, they let me know that they think this is an opportunity because it's an opportunity for Bitcoiners to educate the people of uh, El Salvador about Bitcoin and self-custody and the proper way to use it um, and do it, you know, almost like community source the education rather than depend on the government's resources and the government's wallet, which, I mean, I'm sure you can talk about how shoddy that is. I've heard lots of criticism about that as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you. you. We can't expect something completely open uh, and from the open source community and that they don't want to control anything. But as you say, uh, the problems with the Chivo wallet are many. Yeah, uh, The first thing is it's a custodial wallet. So if you use it, you don't even own your keys to your Bitcoin. Um, then the, the airdrop, uh, I have heard most people actually exchange the 30 US dollars, the Bitcoin in value, 30 US dollars, either from the ATM to US dollars or they uh, used it for petrol because this was 20% cheaper uh, with, with Chivo Wallet. Um, in a way, it's a good idea to, to airdrop money like that and tell them just use it. But um, if you don't like also give the opportunity to learn about it and um, then it doesn't help a lot. And the problem is also like maybe uh, like and sorry, a story. Uh, we were using a, a taxi or a cab driver and he had the the Chivo wallet and I paid him from my Breeze wallet and my Breeze wallet said uh, lightning payment successful so I paid him but we waited 10 minutes and he never received the payment and I heard that from a lot of people and um, so I, I paid him again in cash so because I didn't want him to wait like a half an hour or maybe longer that's one problem. Another problem is that you can't find, or it's very hard to find uh, how to make a lightning invoice. So many people then paid on chain and, you know, the people there, they don't have any idea about Bitcoin. So how should they know what the lightning network is, you know? And uh, another point, the, AT the ATMs, um, I bought 
a little bit of Bitcoin. Uh, I uh, used 20 US dollars and I got my Bitcoin on my wallet. This worked. But a friend of mine, he did it the other way. Um, he sold Bitcoin for US dollars and he never got his 20 US dollars back. So um, we then even called the support hotline, but people then that was from, from El Salvador, we called the support hotline in El Salvador and they told us we need to call in the US the call center and which we then didn't do because we are in austria with our phones and yeah you know uh a whole mess um so and it's also weird how this chivo wallet was was uh, developed uh, nobody really knows who's behind it i heard the i heard uh, various um rumors like i was told uh, uh it's the algorand app other people told me Cardano was involved, both things where I think like, oh my God, yeah, I mean, this sounds to me like a little, this could even be an attack on Bitcoin, because what's an attack on Bitcoin? Uh, you build a Bitcoin wallet that's not working <laughs> and everybody is frustrated and everybody says Bitcoin doesn't work. Um, yeah, so. I really don't know. It's like you say, on the other hand, it's up to the people themselves to educate themselves a little bit, you know, and I think this this will happen if people have uh, positive experiences, they will tell their friends and families. And and that's also the, the seeds that that uh, Bitcoin Beach or Bitcoin CTSV are sowing, you know, um, explaining to people how it is helping them out. Um, they also, if people are in need of US dollars, they exchange the Bitcoin to US dollars for them. So I think it's it's tiny little baby steps, but that's also what is needed for a sustainable adoption. You know, this hierarchical push from the government, it is not sustainable uh, because people are frustrated, it doesn't work, and then they might not use it again. But if your uncle, your brother, your uh, daughter tells you, hey, I used it for remittance and I uh, got my money out of the ATM and it was not a problem, then other people will do it as well. And I think that's the, the way also to, to spur adoption. My fellow clubs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four day long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This has something for everyone. Whether you're a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. You want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. And, you know, you've been traveling in Africa as well and doing education in Africa too. And you can look at Nigeria as kind of the opposite. The government is against it. And mm -hmm. that has that has spurred organic adoption in a very beautiful way. Um, I guess just closing thoughts on El Salvador before we move to a new topic. Um, you know, what's what what's your your pulse on the situation? Are you bullish on it? Are you bearish? Do you think that the community is going to help educate, or are you like are you concerned? What's the the overall sentiment on what's happening in El Salvador since you now spent a lot of time and you've seen the the domestic as well as the international you know education efforts there you know you saw the mm -hmm. conferences you're there for a while yeah i mean i i'm i have mixed feelings yeah on the one hand i find it's great that there are these communities and that people like bitcoin tourists are coming and want to spend their bitcoin there um and on the other hand i find um the governmental approach to it, I'm, I'm really not sure about all this, you know. Um, 
we, we will see how it will play out in the end. I mean, until now, I think nobody knows who really has the keys to the Bitcoin, like the 1,300 Bitcoin or something, uh, what it is now. Um, I'm also really not sure if the president is not playing Bitcoiners, you know, like um, trying to get money inside of the country. Uh, the idea of Bitcoin City, I'm actually... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm an urban planner. It's my basic education. And I've seen a lot of planned cities, like governmental planned cities that turn out to be horrible places. And um, if you want to have a livable city, it has to grow organically. That's my opinion. And also like the location, where it's at. Uh, it's also at the volcano. And I was told that this is actually a dead volcano. It doesn't produce any energy anymore. Um, it's at the Gulf of Fonseca, of Fonseca, which is actually uh, at the border of Honduras and Nicaragua where you, in the last years, you already had tensions. And I'm not sure if Honduras and Nicaragua really like the fact that there will be a, a, a planned city. And yeah, also I think about the people who live there now um, and who is going to live in Bitcoin city. It will be foreigners as far as I understand, like the Bitcoiners who, who want to go there and yay, have a big vision. Um, but what is left for the people on the countries, you know, uh, like on the other side of uh, El Salvador, there is so much that you could do with the Bitcoin bonds, with the money. Not all, I think Bitcoin mining is a perfect idea, but you could also like spend on infrastructure, on education. The educational level on average is very low. The, the income on average is two or 300 US dollars. Yeah, The infrastructure, the roads are... Uh, like, uh, how is it called? Um, mud roads. Um, they are, you don't have, uh, you don't have public transport and things like that. So I think there are a lot of opportunities and I'm very positive about the use of Bitcoin in general for a nation state um, and for the communities and people, but I'm not sure how this will play out. So, so that's basically my, yeah, basic um, feeling about uh, El Salvador. No, I think I think very very fair, and I too am very skeptical about a planned city. Um, but if anything, really, what you know, Bukele and El Salvador's government is doing is expediting the the shift of the Overton window, like what is possible, right? <laughs> so now a nation state has done Bitcoin bonds. Now a nation state has made Bitcoin legal tender, and now it's on the table for other nation states. And I think that's the bigger story. Obviously, if El Salvador is a failure, that's kind of a stain on Bitcoin. And, you know, it's kind of shows like, you know, ultimately Bitcoin is for enemies, right? You know, Bitcoin is just a tool. It can be used to scam. It can be used for normal people to save value. And, and you know, I, I think that, that predominantly most people are, are good people and most people use tools for good. And that's, you know, the, the beauty of Bitcoin. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it's interesting to see hyper Bitcoinization in real time. I have to tell you that. Yeah, I agree absolutely. And you're right. I mean, Bitcoin it doesn't change Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin TikTok next block it will go on. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm on your side. So I want to talk about your book, and then maybe we can talk about your Africa travels and future travels. But uh, learn Bitcoin and Bitcoin education—it's been a huge part of your brand and what you've been, you know, doing in the Bitcoin space. Uh, let's talk about, you know, what it—you know—talk about the book and then what it took to to create a book. You know, it's, it seems like such a, an undertaking. Yeah, it's a big undertaking undertaking that's true i think you have to be naive in the beginning and think oh i'm done in two months uh, and in the end you realize oh my god this is a whole year now <laughs> um i mean not not the writing alone um i have done now uh with the help of some supporters a german translation and a spanish uh translation and i hope that it will get uh translated in more uh, languages. So my goal was to write a book for beginners and uh, 
people who are a little bit experienced, but not like uh, people who already have set up their own node and things like that. So when you're on that level, the book might not be for you. But I think it's a great entry, a great start. It's something that I didn't have in 2017. Um, and I think there are a lot of Bitcoin resources, also free resources, which is great. But I don't know of any book that is like combining uh, the greater story around Bitcoin. So why do we need Bitcoin? What's the history and philosophy? Um, what is uh, fiat money? Where does our money come from? Why do we need something uh, to, different than the petrodollar? Uh, what's about this geopolitical uh, game, basically, uh, this hegemony of money and power, and how can we solve that uh, problem um, with Bitcoin? And many people don't even see that as a problem. So I think you have to start with what is money and where does it come from? And why do we need something else? And, and the second part is a practical guide. So my, I put an emphasis on, I want people to become self-sovereign in the sense that they self-own their Bitcoin. So I encourage people uh, to not hold their Bitcoin on Coinbase, Kraken, or what anything else, but to have uh, the seed, the private keys by themselves. Um, and because I meet many people and they say to me, oh, yeah, I, I have Bitcoin. And I say, well, um, yeah, I'm cracking. And I say, ah, okay, you don't really own it. And they, what? <laughs> and um, so the goal is uh, to get people to do self-custody with hardware wallets and um, um, to show them other possibilities. What's the next step to have your own full node uh, and use lightning wallets. And also um, it's called learn Bitcoin with L in a bracket. So I'm also talking about how you can earn Bitcoin now. So not only Bitcoin earning through like freelancing, for instance, and you ask your, the company, hey, can you pay me in Bitcoin? But also uh, the new possibilities we have with the Lightning Network, which enables creators and, and artists and uh, YouTubers, bloggers, um, from all over the world globally uh, to earn uh, Satoshis and um, to have basically an income that's completely independent of anyone else. It's just between uh, you and your community or you and your contractor in a way and that globally. And I think that's, that's a huge step uh, also for adoption. And um, so, yeah, the book is basically around these uh, basic concepts that you can, how you can start to, to earn and use and hold Bitcoin safely. That's awesome. And uh, it's very interesting. I feel like there's, uh, there's kind of a cyclicality to, you know, uh, earning Bitcoin via mining it. And then I guess so mining Bitcoin, buying Bitcoin. And then I think the majority of people are going to actually get Bitcoin via earning Bitcoin. Uh, and then ultimately adopting Bitcoin as just their monetary unit and system. Uh, so uh, I love that you're teaching people about all the resources, you know, how you can get your company to pay you in Bitcoin and things like that. And I can say as a business that, you know, works with a lot of people internationally, Bitcoin helps a lot because like, yeah. you know, if I want to work with someone in Africa, 90%, like if you use fiat, they're priced out because of the fiat system. So they're, they just can't even work with me, even though, you know, their income demands would be much less and I could actually, uh, you know, get work done, great work done for much less, but with Bitcoin, because I can just send it to his wallet or that person's wallet. Um, it, it completely brings them online to the job market. And again, for a bit, for a business like me, it just, it removes complexity completely, which is absolutely amazing. So I think that the next level of adoption is going to come through earning. Yes, I completely agree. And as you say, uh, there are so many people excluded from the fiat system because they don't have an ID, uh, they don't have a bank account. And I mean, the, the, the banking system in many African countries is broken anyhow. So it's completely difficult and um, sometimes even impossible to send money uh, through the banking system. So yes, as you say, um, I can pay someone in Uganda now uh, with Bitcoin and they have it in like 10 minutes or even less, uh, which would take me days and cost a lot more um, with uh, US dollars or euro. 
No, hundred percent. It like it is so underrated. It is so mm-hmm. unbelievably <laughs> underrated. And I think I personally think Bitcoin adoption is going to come is going to come fast because I think most people that say it's going to take a long time just completely underestimate the utility that it brings because I think Bitcoin brings energy online. We talked about that. Bitcoin brings people online. Like it brings, you know, human capital uh, to the the global economy uh, in a way that's never been possible before. And I think that there's so much growth that is possible that Bitcoin is just going to get adopted hand over fist once people realize it. Yeah, I see that too, and it's also fascinating, and I'm uh, I'm enjoying to see um, that Bitcoin Beach leads as an example for many other communities uh, which are starting now. Like there is now um, Bitcoin Beach Brazil, there is a Bitcoin Beach Portugal. I've seen um, there is Bitcoin Ekazi. It's a township uh, in South Africa in in Mossel Bay. Um, then now um, I've heard from a new um, educational community in the Congo, in the city of Goma, uh, where a blogger uh, and a restaurant worker started to um, um, send Bitcoin to uh, families after a volcano eruption. So they also have volcanoes, <laughs> which would be cool for uh, Goma, uh, Congo to mine Bitcoin. But they already uh, mine Bitcoin in the Congo. Um, yep. uh, Sebastian Guspio, they, they have the uh, big block data center. They already mine Bitcoin there. So what I find great is to see that Bitcoin Beach is an example for many other people who are like joining now and seeing um, that it's possible and they are doing their own educational efforts in their communities. And I find that's exactly the way how it works and how it should be and how it works best. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's beautiful. And, you know, before we pivot to talking, taking a deeper dive into Africa, um, you know, what was the, why did you write the book, Learn, Earn Bitcoin, right? Uh, why, uh, why did you think that uh, you needed to put in all this year's work and uh, to get this information out in book form? Yeah, on the one hand, because I think there is no book like that. Um, most books are theoretical on the side of what is money, what is Bitcoin, um, and things like that, or, or, or why should you invest in Bitcoin? Um, so that was that. And on the other hand, it's a little bit, it was a little bit my own lexicon, you know, like um, I've learned so much in the last four or five years, and I tend to forget things. <laughs> and I always want to ha- wanted to have my own knowledge base um, where I can like look up things again uh, which I already understood uh, but sometimes I forget and so um, I think um, it's a great um, way to to look up uh, things for me too and I learned a lot uh, in writing uh, because if you want to educate people and if you want to write a book um, you have to get deep into the stuff uh, and uh, it was a tool for me also to understand Bitcoin uh, better and better and I'm, I'm learning every day and uh, so it's also a difficult uh, thing to write the book because um, in Bitcoin things never stop. I could, I could write on and on and on and as soon as you're done you can start all over again. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, basically, uh, it was for me also a deeper learning about Bitcoin. Awesome. You hear that all the time is, you know, when you take the time to actually create a book, then you have to just go through such a personal learning journey yourself to make it perfect and ready for that final product. Uh, and I, I totally can uh, empathize with, uh, you know, the fact that like, here's how to do something in Bitcoin. And then a week later that changes, you know, <laughs> that's like every single week. So uh, I'm sure that that was uh, quite, quite tough. And, you know, I hope that, you know, maybe there's uh, an updated version in a few years uh, and stuff like that. And you keep it going. Yeah, I, I, I definitely will update it. And I mean, I just want to say the basic concepts, like how uh, to get into the state of self-sovereignty, how to own your keys, the basic concept will stay the same in the next year. So um, just not that people think it's already obsolete. That's not true. But I, I have one chapter about the um, 
foot, uh, foot, foot, ecological footprint of Bitcoin because there was this big, or is, or has been this uh, big discussion about uh, energy uh, waste of, for Bitcoin and things like that. And as soon as I wrote the book and published it, uh, China banned Bitcoin and all the miners went from China to the US and there they are much more using hydropower uh, and uh, sustainable resources to mine Bitcoin. That's the kind of things that change all the time. And also, of course, the price. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just even listening to old, like a few week old podcasts, if you talk about the price, it's out of date. <laughs> But uh, absolutely, the, the 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 environment always changes. But in terms of you know the the mining fud, I'm glad that you address it in the, in the book because there's the fud continues. You know the, yeah. the we left China, but now it's like oh, mining's still bad because of so and so and so. And personally, I, I am hopeful, and I cannot wait for the day for real environmentalists, real people who are trying to help and save this planet, realize that Bitcoin. And Bitcoin mining is one of the most useful tools to actually do that. And it's one of the most useful tools to uh, help level grids out and, and manage energy and incentivize in a decentralized market way to build out energy infrastructure, which is, you know, kind of ties back to the volcano mining that's happening in uh, the Congo and in El Salvador and a lot of the other stranded energy mining and stranded resource mining that is coming online. Um, Anita, let's jump over to what your travels are in Africa, what's happening in Africa, and you know maybe what your future travels uh, have in store. Yeah, I was in March 2020 before the pandemic. I visited Zimbabwe and Botswana. Um, because everybody was uh, or has been talking very much about how Bitcoin would be perfect for Zimbabwe because of the hyperinflation there and um, the dictatorship. So um, as we know, Bitcoin uh, in a country where you have authoritarian leadership uh, that is actually extra extracting all the value from the people. Um, so Bitcoin would be or is also the per perfect source of value for the people there. And I wanted to research that. Is it true? How far are they? Um, are people really using Bitcoin? And that was, at the time, the Lightning Network, yes, we already had it, but um, it was not adopted like it's now. There were uh, much less possibilities. There was already stack work uh, where you can do um, small tasks and earn Lightning. And um, I also showed it there to people and uh, it worked very well. Um, and now I want to go back this year um, in 2022 to uh, Zimbabwe. I want, would like to visit uh, um, Nigeria and South Africa. But uh, as we know now, uh, with the new uh, COVID uh, variant, I'm not sure if it's possible to do that in spring as it was planned, um, because in Zimbabwe, they have very harsh quarantine uh, regulations. Uh, so even uh, inhabitants of Zimbabwe, when they come back from a travel, have to go into a two-week quarantine in a hotel that is actually so you have to use it. You don't have any choice. Uh, you can't do quarantine at home. <laughs> you have to go into a hotel, even if you live in Zimbabwe, and you have to pay a lot of money for these hotels. So it's completely absurd in Zimbabwe, really. And um, so I'm going to see. Um, maybe I go first back to Latin America, because that's also on my plan for 22 uh, to go to Venezuela maybe or Argentina um, to look for people, communities who are interested uh, in me visiting them and, and sharing knowledge and helping them. I'm actually uh, in, the, in the middle of um, founding a, an NPO uh, which will be called uh, Bitcoin for Fairness Foundation. Uh, because I want to broaden basically my work and uh, try to, I'm raising funds at the moment, grants um, for this uh, project. And um, yeah, so, so I'm planning to do workshops there to bring hardware wallets um, to, to help people onboarding them uh, to the Lightning Network and um, 
of course, also to build bridges between the people in Africa and our so-called Western countries, because I think, I mean, yesterday I learned now there's the Bee Trust, which I think is a great thing, um, uh, where, where Carla Kirk-Cohn is a part of the board and Obi from uh, the ex-CEO of CoinFloor. I think it's funded by, by Jack uh, Dorsey um, and others. I'm not quite sure about it, but it's called Bee Trust. And I think they want to uh, help uh, developers in emerging countries um, to fund them to learn about Bitcoin, the Bitcoin development. And that's quite perfect because that's also what I intended to do, to go there, to get to know Bitcoiners uh, and people who are interested in learning more also about developing um, for Bitcoin or on top of Bitcoin and to connect them uh, with European uh, companies or US companies and things like that. And of course, I, I will uh, do uh, podcast interviews from there so that also um, the people and communities from these countries have, or have a voice or can, can share their voice uh, here in, in our uh, part of the world, let's say it like that. That's absolutely incredible. I guess, tell, tell us, I mean, how, how much can you talk about uh, this new initiative, uh, this new education and, uh, and nonprofit initiative that you're starting up? Um, well, um, how much can I talk about it? I can talk about in the way that it's going to be a nonprofit organization. I'm just talking with um, people um, who I already know who have uh, the same intentions. I try to get them on board. I um, have found I've already like two uh, donors, um, two companies um, that told me they will support me with uh, like 50K in, in, in total. And I'm looking for about 175K for the whole year for all the work we're doing. Um, and all the workshops, of course, will be free. So, and I'm also going, all the, the material we are going to, to build uh, together with the people. Like for instance, I want to translate the part of my book to Shona and Ndebele, the uh, Zimbabwean native languages, and also to French. And um, because of the uh, French African uh, countries, um, there's a lot of education in English, but not so much in French. And uh, this all will be basically done uh, for the people to use for free. Um, and so, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm looking for donors and companies. So if anybody is interested in supporting that initiative, I'd be glad to um, um, explain that uh, in detail. Awesome. Well, hey, to all the listeners out there live or recorded, Go hit up Anita. We'll have uh, we'll have the best contact uh, in the show notes. Um, Anita, I mean, hearing about everything that's kind of happening in Africa and across the world is like wherever there's bad money, there's corrupt politicians, and even like the 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 hotel rule in uh, you said Zimbabwe, right? Um, you see those rules in many places, and all those all that does is price out travel. It just prices, it, it, it untravels people. Just, you know, governments are great. You know, unbanking comes from governments. Governments unbank people, right? It's not, it's not like if everyone uses cash, the unbanked use, mm. use cash, right? But if it wasn't for regulation, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, KYC, AML, if it wasn't for all the thing, you know, all the oversight that governments put on banking institutions, you know, this unbanking wouldn't exist in the way that it does right now. So, um, you know, again, I, I see Bitcoin as a, a solution that kind of solves a lot of these issues. And when I hear about just these fundamental corruption issues in Africa, like you're discussing, or Alex Gladstein has, inter, uh, has surfaced with a lot of his amazing work and many others, um, you know, you can just see that there's such a dire need for Bitcoin. And when Bitcoin is adopted, the potential is so incredible. It's so incredible. And it's, it's either Bitcoin unlocks that potential or that potential potentially gets enslaved by the Chinese or some other, um, you know, imperialist effort. 
Yeah, uh, I think it will take some time until all people realize that, you know, I think the first thing that will come are all those uh, CBDCs, I call them panoptic coins, which is actually not uh, coined a term by, by me, I, I heard it, panoptic coin is a perfect um, explanation for what uh, CBDCs are, they are surveillance coins. Um, so. You're right. I think uh, corruption with Bitcoin while using Bitcoin is not possible because Bitcoin is transparent. So if, for instance, I get funds in, in Bitcoin and you know my Bitcoin address, uh, you can see what's happening with the money. That's the form to uh, like um, um, have no corruption anymore. But I, I, I'm not sure if really people will get less corrupt through Bitcoin. I mean, I hope so, but um, I'm not sure about Bad that. Bad money enables corrupt people, though. Like yeah, you're saying, sure. it enables corrupt people and it, it creates an incentive for them. And I think from an underlying sure, level... Bitcoin makes it harder for those people to come to power. Yeah, if they would need to uh, show their Bitcoin and what they're doing with it, yes, absolutely. And Or get um, their Bitcoin or print their Bitcoin. You know, the print, the you can't, can't even print. printing your Bitcoin. <laughs> can't freeze accounts on Bitcoin. It just, it's a game changer, Anita. And uh, I'm unwilling to, to budge on the fact that it will change the incentive systems. Yeah, it will definitely. And one thing I like to say, and I heard that, and I think it's one of the best hashtags I ever seen is keep the unbanked unbanked or keep Africa unbanked. Yeah, because all those unbanked people, they won't have IDs in the future as well. So if the banks come along and say, or altcoins come along and say, uh, we are um, solving the problem, uh, we are banking the unbanked, don't please go away. Yeah. The unbanked don't need you. They just need to use Bitcoin um, and they can stay, stay unbanked. Actually, we should get the banked unbanked. Yeah. So that's actually my goal. Yeah. <laughs> unbank the bank with Bitcoin. <laughs> unbank the bank is also yeah, a possibility. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Anita, this is a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And, you know, traveling across the world is not easy. Going to a lot of these countries and educating people is not easy work. Um, it is definitely a, a, a labor of love. And I know that you, you care deeply about uh, people and, and, and helping the world and, you know, using Bitcoin as a tool to do that. Thank you very much, Christian. Thanks for the possibility uh, to speak with your listeners here. And yeah, I, I'm, I hope I can do a little bit of good. Awesome. Well, hey, I guess just to close it out, Anita, where can people learn more about you, the book, support your travel, support your nonprofit efforts? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Give one last plug. Yeah, cool. Thanks for that. Uh, so you can donate at anita.link slash donate. My uh, updates are all on Twitter, Anita Posh. And the last thing, my book is at learnbitcoin.link. It's available in English, Spanish, and German. All right. Awesome. Well, everyone, go follow Anita, check out her work, and ultimately, you know, try to educate people about Bitcoin and try to help people get onto this Bitcoin system. I think it's going to solve a lot of problems. And uh, yeah, I know, I know Anita feels the same way. But until then... <laughs> Catch me at CK underscore snarks. Check out Bitcoin Magazine at Bitcoin Magazine. Peace. Yep. 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 Yep.